Hey, what's going on, people? Welcome back to the Wrestling Podcast. That's wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps, but without the E. But of course, me and G, we're not anti-E. We're simply pro wrestling. My name is Liam. This guy is Gareth. Hey! And folks, we've got another very exciting interview today from the box marked rarely wrong but often early. Um, we've got a guest that some of you may not have heard of yet. Uh, he's very prominent on the Australian scene and indeed the Southeast Asian scene and somebody we've wanted to speak to for a very long time. This is, of course, the Golden Tiger, Eman Asman, formerly Eman the Kid or indeed the Golden Boy. Gareth, we've been talking about Eman for a little while now, so pretty pumped to get him on the pod yeah absolutely he's somebody that i just missed when i was living out in australia very sad to have have missed we you know as discussed on the episode as well we figure out we've been we have been in the same room together at one point in the past though it feels like he's had a bit of a rocket strap to him um you know of his own making he's really just gone from strength to strength in 2021 2022 2023 you know he just keeps getting more opportunities getting better you know it's fantastic to see he's and he's really flying that flag for malaysia and and also australia yeah indeed yeah absolutely and this is uh an interview set up in conjunction with the good folks at renegades of wrestling uh they've got a big tour coming up alongside gcw where wrestlers from gcw are taking on some of the best of australia and as we get on to emon has uh has got the plum assignment of taking on El Hijo del Vikingo in a match that I think if you don't already know his work, this will be the one to check out and uh, really get to know. And uh, pleasingly, this is all going to be on Fight TV. I think it's a week or so after the events. So let me just run through those quick to plug. So the shows are going down there in Sydney on Friday 25th of August, Melbourne on the 26th, and they're going to be in Brisbane on the 27th. So if you're an international fan and not thinking of making the flight over, I would bloody love to fly over personally. Um, But if you're going to be watching from home, Keep an eye on your Fight TV. It'll be on about a week after, I believe, as yeah. part of the Fight Plus membership. Just as soon as that's confirmed, we will, you know, make we'll tweet about it. Indeed. But anyway, without any further ado, let's head over to Eman Asman. Welcome back, folks. Here we go. This is one we've been looking forward to for a while now. One of the brightest prospects, not only from the Australian scene, but from the Southeast Asia scene as well. It's Eman Asman. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. We're really, really looking forward to this one because G and I have been really big on the Australian scene basically since we started doing the podcast and you're one of the names that we've had on our shortlist for a while to speak to so this is a this is fortuitous for us that the uh <laughs> the, the renegades GCW crossover was coming up and, and we've we found an entry to to get you on here Absolutely. so yeah, really delighted yeah you guys are lucky you know everyone everyone wants me on their show you know everyone <laughs> from television to whatever you know just letting you guys know <laughs> <laughs> no just perfect kidding. We've got so much to get into, man. Um, I just thought as a as a way to kick things off, for anybody that isn't familiar with yourself, could you give us a bit of your origin story, as it were? You know, how how did Eman Asman come to be, you know, you know, such a star on the Australian scene? You know, how did you get here? Yeah, sure thing. You know, I um from anywhere possible, like there wasn't wrestling in Southeast Asia at all at the time. The only thing closest to us was Australia. And Australian wrestling was still on the rise, you know, maybe let's say 2014, 2015. And then a wrestling school finally opened up in Malaysia and that's where Eman Asman was born. Sorry, Eman the Kid was born. It wasn't Eman Asman yet. Starting from nothing, 
to move into Australia in 2019. You know, not a good year for me to join Australian wrestling with COVID <laughs> happening in 2020. But, you know, I kept the momentum rolling from 2021 till now. And I'm one of the top rising stars of Australian wrestling, Southeast Asian wrestling, you name it. Any country in Asia, you say my name, I'm Eman Asman, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, we know him. He's the shit, <laughs> you know. I know I'm the shit, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm not just cocky just for it being like that. But I really have faith in myself that mm. I can really bring out the best in anything, anyone, any show. Put my name in it. Everyone knows me. No, absolutely. And so with that, that move to Australia, was that purely driven by you know, the, the hunger for more pro wrestling then? Yes, I'll tell you a little story. It was actually, I was going to university mm-hmm. and it was either the UK or Australia. Oh, no. UK, yes. We missed you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, you know, in the UK, there was Rev Pro, as Progress, all of those um, things, all those places and wrestling schools as well. And then there was Melbourne, Australia. And I was like, Ooh. those two places have really good wrestling. And what led me to go to Australia instead of the UK was just because it was closer to Malaysia because mm. I'm a mama's boy. Yeah. Everyone knows I'm a mama's boy. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't leave my mom too far uh, away. So I, that's why I chose Australia. But it, it was also just the reason to, you know, when I was late 2018, the rise of Australian wrestling, I saw that. So Will Ospreay come down. I saw all of that. Like, you know, Will, growing up, Will Ospreay was one of my favorite wrestlers. And that's what pulled me to want to go to the UK as well at that time. Mm. But with lo and behold, like Australian wrestling, I, I'm glad I chose here. I'm glad I chose here because mm. I helped, I felt like I helped build this, you know, this crazy dream. I, uh, a part of it, being a part of it from COVID till now, everyone seeing Australian wrestling is the best. Mm. And I'm glad to be a part of it as well. Man, that is a serious sliding doors moment, though, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, if you'd have come over, you know, the scene basically shut down for two years, whereas the Australian scene, you know, kind of began building momentum almost during that yeah. period. That's certainly where I started really watching Australian wrestling because it, it felt like real wrestling. Because, you know, even the stuff you'd watch on TV, because of the pandemic, it was all there was no crowd or anything. Yep. The only place where you could find that sort of authentic feel, what you're used to, was Australia at that time. So that's what, yeah, golly, imagine if you'd come here and you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to wrestle for tears. <laughs> Just been Jeez. twiddling your thumbs, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but the crazy thing to me was being in that lockdown for Melbourne. I think we mm. we had one of the yes. harshest lockdowns oh, yeah. in the world. Mm. When I was, we were really patient, and within that time as well, I saw all my friends. Uh, retire or like even just stop wrestling yep. you know and mm. all that stuff and it was like shit this shit is actually happening mm. and i'm like going crazy i'm shaving my head bald i'm like what what can i do like 2019 i was the happy go lucky emma nasman i'm like oh yeah sorry emma the kid still going back to that emma the kid just happy to be in australian wrestling happy to wrestle every week or every couple of weeks but then COVID really hit me. I'm like, nah, I want to be something than just being happy here. Mm-hmm. I want to be the best. I want to keep, I want to win because I've been on a losing streak at MCW and with the Ascension tournament as well. Like I was like, yeah, this is my time to shine. And ever since then, I feel like every promotion in Australia knows who I am because they know that I can back it up. They ask, you know, if they ask their wrestlers, you know, is Eminem good? Heck yeah, he's good. 
I know it. You know, everyone says that. So that's why I felt like that's just really important to me. So once you did make it to Australia, sort of what was the next step then in terms of getting integrated with the scene there? Like, you know, who did you turn to? Where did you go? How did it all come about, really? Yeah, so it's just like the first day of school, like who to go to, who's the, (laughs) (laughs) all those things, you know what I mean? And you know, I, I think I was just really lucky when I first got to Australia. I tweeted because I, I've known a couple of Australian wrestlers that have wrestled in Malaysia for one or two shows, and I've mm-hmm. you know made connections through there, and just asking on Twitter like, what, where should I go for the, you know, the most reliable pro wrestling school in, mm. in Melbourne at the time for me, and it was Vicious Pursuit Pro Wrestling. It was under Carlo Cannon. Uh, uh, he was in the first graduating class of Landstorm's school, oh, wow. which is. Yeah, and I felt like I made the right decision choosing him and not just because it was really close to where I lived, <laughs> but just through the accolades and from what everyone has said about him, I was like, yeah, I really want to be trained under this guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it just felt like a, what, what's what's the word? Son and dad kind of relationship. It just, you know, he, he jokes about telling story like, oh, you know, some... Asian boy just popped up outside my house and asked for a photo of him saying Papa. You know, that <laughs> that's essentially that's the story of how I yeah. met Carlo. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. What's the training like in under Carlos relative to what you'd experienced beforehand? Tough. Super tough. Like there's a reason why the wrestling school is called Vicious Pursuit. Because mm. fucking vicious. You know. <laughs> like my first training, it just felt like going from starting from somewhere in Southeast Asia and, you know, only making a shift to Australian wrestling when I was uh, 17, 18 years old. Uh, I started wrestling when I was 13 and I thought I was the best thing happening in Southeast Asia. I thought I was the prodigy or something. But when I, when I moved to Australia, I felt like, whoa, I need a lot more work. I need to put in more hours in training. I need to be tougher because, you know, these guys and girls are twice, three times, four times the size as big as me and, and the population of Malaysia. It's population of Southeast Asia as a whole, actually. And, you know, Australian wrestling, they just hit harder. Like, I've never felt that much pain in my first training session. Like, obviously, it didn't want to make me not come back. It really pushed me. I was like, yeah, like, if I quit, I'm just a sore loser. And if I don't, and if I keep coming back, I think they're going to see something in me. Mm. And that certainly seems to have been the case, you know, with oh, yeah. where, where you are, you know, in the in the scene at present you know one of the longest reigning champs in mcw at the moment you know i think only caveman Erg has had a longer reign with that title i think so too yeah that's quite an achievement and a lot of those a lot of those days for Ugg were i think over the pandemic as well so <laughs> you know you've really uh technically i'm the longest reigning then yeah just saying just <laughs> <Yeah>. saying <laughs> so basically the longest reigning into commonwealth champion so yeah that's quite the uh feather in your cap you know it's it's a good good place to be yeah i'm really interested in the the southeast asian wrestling scene because i noticed that you um you'd gone back uh, earlier this year and wrestled you know all across asia what is the scene like now because i get the sense that there's something quite big simmering mm. over there but yeah could you give us a bit of an idea of what it's like on the ground yeah sure thing you know like uh you know, i think southeast asian wrestling as a whole has been active for maybe 10 11 years actually starting from i think singapore and if you want to go out of southeast asia i guess hong kong as well 
I think Hong Kong was the first one to start pro wrestling in in Asia apart from Japan. Mm-hmm. And although we've been having you know this pro wrestling in in this part of the world for eleven, ten, eleven years, I still would say that we're still in our infancy stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there were bits and pieces within certain years we thought there was going to be a boom, and then it just didn't happen. And you know we just kept working and working and working towards it. And then when COVID happened, it kind of you know everyone kind of like okay, let's step back and kind of reassess everything. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple couple promotions closed down, a couple others opened up, and all that stuff. Uh, and I guess that's just a part of life, just part of business. But uh, I honestly feel like, yeah, honestly, me going back this year to Southeast Asia, which I haven't been home for maybe three or four years. I've you know I have I co-run a pro wrestling school in Malaysia called Malaysia oh, wow. Pro Wrestling, mm-hmm. my PW. And uh, I haven't seen those new students that joined during COVID at all. Mm. So when I came back this year, it was the first time I met them. But it felt like I've known them for a long, long time. That's lovely. Through right. Zooms, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like from then on, we we did our first pro wrestling show after three, four years, mm-hmm. which housed over like three hundred, four hundred people in attendance, mm-hmm. which is Amazing. crazy post COVID. Yeah. And um, I went to other parts of the well like taiwan singapore uh thailand and even defended the championship the intercommonwealth championship in malaysia which is a commonwealth country so i guess you know i'm the first champion to take it out of australia to defend it in, in these cool. commonwealth countries yeah and i feel like i'm really grateful that I, I could have been the first one to do that and it was even crazy when i landed uh in the airport in malaysia there was like photographers uh you know you like the news press or something um, yeah and i was like whoa this is you know i've always had the dream of like imagine me coming home uh you know heroes welcome like yeah. uh, for me it was like oh if i got signed to a big company uh like let's say waw new japan come back home everyone knows who i am as the first mm-hmm. malaysian pro to do that and them even just doing a press release for me being the first malaysian to be a champion in australia and that was really, really showing me that, like, hey, I need to roll the ball with this. They're giving it to me, and yeah. I'm not going to drop that. That's really cool, man. Um, yeah, thank you. You know, I was in um, Malaysia back in 2014 and actually caught a WWE show when I was in Kuala oh, Lumpur. Yeah. And it's just, you know, so from my perspective, I knew that I could see that there obviously was an appetite for wrestling there because I think they did two nights in a row. And both yeah, I was there, yeah. Out, and I was, was there abs- both nights. It was absolutely yeah. crazy. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, so it's just... That's it's funny to think that we've been in the same room uh, together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it's so great to see that you know wrestling is taking a foothold in these places. That's not just WWE, you know, that presents it one way. That there's other examples of wrestling out there in these places as well, where it's uh, you know quite popular. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I I remember like the second night of the WWE in Malaysia, like it was crazy because when Sheamus was doing his entrance. The crowd was trying to reach for him, and the whole barricade just fell through. Like from the from the top the top seats, I was like, "Damn!" Jeez. Like imagine this, but like for for wrestling for the local talents. And I feel like um, that's the stereotype with if Southeast Asian crowds. It's like they it's a bit harder for them to support local when they all they do is watch you know the big ones on the TV. So that's what we're trying to change mm-hmm. their perspective or perspective on and supporting more local pro yeah. wrestling. I think that's the challenge, you know, worldwide for basically any small wrestling promotion. It's, you know, making people 
believe and get excited about you know their stars that you know it just have to be you know these, these superstars on tv to be an exciting fantastic wrestler you know they are out there there is an actual yeah. word for this isn't there as well for having like a, perceiving local things to be less good than imported things i mm. completely forget what it is but there is an actual word for it but yeah it is a I remember talking to Balianaki from Chaka Pro, um, yeah, and he said a very similar thing about trying to, you know, get uh, with Wrestle Square in India and trying to build that up. But you know, the dominant force in wrestling, you know, is still WWE, and that's kind of the benchmark that a lot of people have in yeah. their minds. So, yeah, are you surprised that, given its popularity there, that you know, WWE or, or I suppose AEW at this point? don't go to Southeast Asia more often. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised they don't come as often as they do. I, I think, like, early 2000, 2002, or whatever, like, they came quite a lot of times, if not Malaysia, I think Singapore. Mm. Um, you know, I think the most recent ones they had in Southeast Asia was mostly Singapore and the Philippines. Mm. But um, Malaysia was the 2014 one, and then they just stopped. I'm, I'm not sure what's the reason. Maybe... I don't know. I really can't put my mind to it, but um, I just feel like they need to bring it back, or like if I maybe the tourism board would bring you know AEW, yeah. WWE, New Japan to down there, or maybe they're interested in coming down as well, because you know it shows that WWE did two nights, and those two nights I think sold out, or like oh, yeah. if not sold out, like majority was filled. Mm-hmm. So there, there is yeah, there's appeal to it. My memory of it is it just being absolutely jam packed, you know, like people hanging from the rafters, basically, you know, that's they were crazy shows, you know. And I was like backpacking that year and had kind of, oh, yeah, I was on the road for 10 months. And so I'd gone to that WrestleMania that year in New Orleans yeah. and I'd carried my trip arm around west, you know, I'd gone to uh, Fiji, New Zealand, Australia, Singapore, and then up into Malaysia. And I just happened to be in Kuala Lumpur and saw, like, oh, oh, shit. WWE are here let's get a ticket and have seen them on another continent you know and was just so in awe of like how into it the crowd were it was it was really really wonderful yeah like it's just crazy to, I think they're just so appreciative that you know a, a big company like them would mm. come to a country that's not as well known uh, globally I guess uh, and you know come in Australia I'll tell you a quick story like when I said I was from Malaysia uh, Quite a lot of people didn't really know what it was. Mm. They were surprised that I could speak really good English. <laughs> they were they were surprised that I w- I could afford to come to Australia. Mm. And I was like, oh, let's change that perspective. And yeah. that's that's how my goal of trying to make people know about pro wrestling in Malaysia in Southeast Asia uh, started to be became to be. Yeah. Do you think there's like there's a bit of an opportunity in terms of the the wrestling boom in Australia and you know how close it is to you know, Malaysia Southeast Asia there seems like there's a, a logical like, tunnel for talent there to you know that there's a, a boom that could happen on mm. the other side of the planet really it doesn't need yep. America necessarily yeah like you know I, I don't know I honestly felt like I came not I came up with the idea, but like I was like I had the main idea of like why not we just combine Australian wrestling with Southeast Asian wrestling? We're mm. just right next to each other, like yeah. Australasia or whatever. And I just felt like Southeast Asian companies haven't been doing that opportunity of taking down Australian wrestlers and introducing them to the 
Asian talent, uh, sorry, to the Asian audience. And I felt like Australian wrestling didn't really take anyone from Southeast Asia because they didn't know that Southeast Asia had wrestling, I think. Mm. And I felt like ever since I made the move to Australia and I've been, you know, constantly plugging, I've forced people's, <laughs> what's the word? I forced Southeast Asian wrestling down people's throats <laughs> when, I was wrestling in, when I'm wrestling in Australia. Like, you look at me, I'm, I'm a walking flag. My robe has... Uh, you know the Malaysian flag on it. The colours. My tights has the Malaysian flag. Has the Australian flag. Two two countries that that mean a lot to me. That represent me. Mm-hmm. Uh, two places that represent me. And it just felt like that was the most obvious choice to go for in terms of what I want to look. What I want to be perceived as as this flag bearer for Southeast Asian wrestling. Yeah. The golden boy. The golden tiger. Mm. That's that's who I am. I'm glad you said that because I. I'm really interested in how the the nicknames you've used have almost sort of signaled. I don't want to make a comparison to Pokemon, but it's like a level up kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like you had <laughs> yeah. him and the kid, you had the golden boy, and now it's the golden tiger. And, you know, that feels like, you know, final form, Emma, if, if that makes sense. Um, do you yeah. put quite a lot of stock and thought into that sort of thing in terms of your presentation? Yeah, like, uh, honestly, for me, like, presentation is the most, one of the most important things, apart from having the skills of, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling, cutting a promo, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like presentation is the most important one because that's the first couple of seconds that everyone has their eyes on you. Mm-hmm. And whether you want to, you want them to think of you as, oh, this guy is something, let's, let's keep an eye on him throughout the show. Or he's like, oh, he's just person in black tights maybe he's just a you know just a wrestler mm. and i don't want to be perceived as like oh he's just a wrestler no i'm a you know as much as i am a wrestler i'm also an entertainer like if you haven't seen yeah. me dance you're missing out <laughs> <laughs> but um honestly like like with the robe like rick flair robes all that stuff like that i feel like that is me i'm a mm. i'm a shiny boy i'm a <laughs> no, i came I, you know before in Malaysia, I guess I was, you know, fed with a silver spoon. Uh, I had it, I guess, a bit easier than others. But it, just throughout that time as well, growing up, I did see a lot of problems that I wasn't shown to as a kid. And it was just like that built up character. It's like, okay, I'm not just some spoiled brat, but I'm a spoiled brat who has gone through something and has overcome all those struggles mm. as well, like without telling anyone publicly you know and i felt like the words golden boy is you know that's the term they use to you know make someone the flag bearer of something yeah. or like mm. to represent something and i felt like golden boy that was that was the perfect name for me mm. um and then the golden tiger came about because i just felt like i needed a change i needed to have a more aggressive side of me it's not i guess not a level up but a different version of me a different side of me that I don't normally let out and it was yeah. just like the the whole annoying bratty just loud obnoxious kind of version of me that you not a lot of people see but if you know me so well and I just like a cat just like a dog yeah. I have zoomies <laughs> and those zoomies are not the best thing to yeah. to be around and that's where the golden tie came to be and um the national animal for Malaysia is Harimau Malaya so that translates to I guess Malayan tiger, mm. you know, golden boy, golden tiger. It just perfect. It works. It's like and a puzzle it, piece. Yeah, 
it's a killer nickname as well yeah like it just it really like the first time i heard it i was like oh that that rules that's really good <laughs> yeah. thanks and with the tigers well like sorry to keep yeah. it going for so long no, but um no not at all with with uh my fashion name as well it's called the ambush because uh when we were coming with the name someone from outside our sources came up to us and they were like hey you know, a pack of tigers is called an ambush. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Hello. I had not made that connection. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's money. We should send him some paychecks along the way as well yeah. every month for that. Yeah. Do, do love all those uh, weird and wonderful collective nouns for uh, for groups of animals. Yeah, that's a, gr- that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know that. But uh, something something new yeah. every day. Well, that's that's one to put away for the uh, the pub quiz as well. You know, I have to remember that one. I'm sure that's going to come up down the line. Yep. <laughs> so we'll come back to the ambush in a sec. We should probably pause here and bust out our silly questions before we run completely out of time. Um, so this is something we do every every interview just to give uh, our listeners a, a different side to you, basically. So the first one, the most important one, is what is your preferred pizza topping? Oh, Hawaii. uh, Hawaiian pineapples. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's two in a row. I'm starting yeah, yeah. off controversial. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There's, there's, it, yeah. I'm surprised at how many of you there are out there. You know, we've yeah, had quite a few good. people that love Hawaii. How do you feel about the uh, the Aussie, the uh, the the egg on the pizza? No, nah, not a fan. Not a fan. No, it not like, a fan. I, I weird. Get my head around that. Right. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> and go to snacks from Seven Eleven. Oh, why did I think alcohol straight away? Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe in sort of the three years we've been doing this? You're the first person to say that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't oh, think of that. Oh, I maybe a donut, a donut. Yeah, there you go. We'll go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing. This isn't one of our usual ones, but are there any any foods you especially miss from Malaysia when you're when you're living away from home? Oh, great. Oh yeah, there's this one called uh, fuck, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> When I'm under pressure, this is the hardest one to think of. I think it was called, um, it was a dessert called chendol. And it's like shaved ice with condiments on top. And it's just a good one for a hot day out. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. That sounds good. I know how hot it gets in Malaysia. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you a karaoke fan? And if so, what's your go-to song? Oh, heck yeah. Like, uh, karaoke song go-to, I guess the a, a rap. Any yeah. rap. Like, I'll, I will, if I don't even know the the song mm. but if it has a rap in it i will do my best to do it yeah. oh, amazing are you a big hip-hop guy then i guess i guess you could say that i i even surprisingly i grew up liking shakespeare during english english literature oh yeah and i was like oh yeah like this is rhythm and poetry rap oh my whoa <laughs> shakespeare's got some bars you know that's all i can say <laughs> there's a guy over here i forget his name he's like it's something the gentleman rapper oh uh, yeah mr mr b yeah have you heard this oh, dude and he speaks he sounds so like, familiar but the, I, I the gentleman like rhymer. I he's got I like a so. yeah, really posh english accent and he, yeah, yeah, he yeah i think i know yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's good <laughs> so in addition to the music then do you have any hobbies or interests outside of wrestling oh Yes, thankfully, it's not just wrestling. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do have a hobby, I guess. I kind of like, honestly, I like living a semi-peaceful life. Mm. Uh, growing up in Kuala Lumpur, it was a busy city life. Coming to Melbourne, Australia, yeah, it is. 
I am still in the city, but it's a bit more relaxed. And I could walk around the, each place without having to drive and find parking. I feel like that's a big upgrade for me. I really like walking. I like going to the parks. I like cooking, um, trying something new. Like when I miss something like Asian food, like I will try my best to make it. Although I'll butcher it, I will still say it's good. <laughs> and other than that, I, you know, I'm a communications graduate and I really like editing. I like filming. I like making... Oh, wow. Um, any content I can, uh, yeah. especially for social media. I think that's such a a great sort of skill to have if you want to go in, into wrestling. So Mark Andrews, I know, did the same thing at university. And I think it really goes a long way where you can like self-produce and record yeah. and edit all these things to kind of get yourself more over with people. What yeah, I, I think it's a really clever, if you're kind of somebody that's like, right, you know, I, I need to go to university, but I want to be a wrestler as well. Like that seems like the logical route to go to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I feel like it really helps, especially during like whatever time, like, uh, when someone needs a promo from me, I can do that myself. Yeah. Someone needs an edited version of it. Someone needs a montage reel. Like I'm your guy. I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, even man. my social media game. Yeah. yeah. The man and can do I, it all. Yeah. <laughs> I can do it all. I can even dance while I edit the videos. I can do both. <laughs> but um, I just felt like having a university degree would be a really good, sad to say, it's a backup plan. Wrestling yeah, is always going to be my full-time, like, long-term goal mm. but if that doesn't work out at yeah. least i've got a degree to help with and surprisingly when i went for my job interviews my shoot job interviews uh, i said that i you know i make content for for wrestling i do all this and i include wrestling and they told me that from a couple hundred people mine stood up because there was wrestling and they've never heard of someone that has to do something yeah. with wrestling it's oh, unique for that yeah, yeah. Oh, I got the job interview, so I'm really grateful Amazing. for that in my life. Oh, that's fantastic. That's very cool. Do they do you find they ask you questions about it every now and then? Yeah, they do. And and, and recently, um, my colleagues just found out I'm a I'm a wrestler because one of them went for a show and they just connected the dots that I was this person. I think, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it's the glasses. The glasses yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the glasses and the cap. Once it's off, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's Emma. <laughs> and it's just funny to me that that he only just made the connection because my name was the same, and they yeah. were like, "Were you the person that wrestled with Thornby?" I was like, "Yeah." I'm like, ah, oh. it's like <laughs> sitting next to the rock every day. That's what he, he's been telling me. I just imagine you like go to work wearing super baggy clothes, so nobody realizes you're jacked. Yeah. You're yeah, yeah, you know, baggy baggy clothes, uh, cargo pants. You know, that's me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Right, we we should get back onto the, the wrestling before we wrap up. And I'm really we talked about the ambush earlier, and I'm interested in the 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 way you wrestle in Renegades is is quite different to how we see you in say like MCW, for example. Is that a purposeful thing? You know, just getting to explore different aspects of your personality or let different things loose. You know, in different promotions. Yeah, absolutely right. Like you're 100 correct. Like having two different places where I can experiment two different things and just different parts of myself that I really want to focus on is really good because even the crowd, although they know it's the same me, they still, you know, what's the word? They they cheer me in MCW. They fucking boo me in Renegades <laughs> or they even cheer me because I'm that good at whatever I do. Mm. You know, I can't, I can't make them boo me, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> 
yeah, I purposely like changed the way I wrestle in in each company just to see how it goes because like I'm not just a high flyer. I can strike. I can I can ground and pound. I can do whatever. Um, it's just that with my size and stature and all that stuff, like it really resulted to a lot of aerial moves. And you know, yeah, that's how I got my name. That's how people know me. But you know, just like other people, I evolve. I add more things to my repertoire. I remove some things that don't work out. I added more things that you know could definitely, you know, make me win matches, especially with the running elbow. You know, growing up, I didn't before I came to Australia. I didn't have the running elbow as my finish, and I had something else. But I felt like over the years, a running elbow to the head a person flying to you with full force with their elbow coming straight to your skull yeah i think they'll do the job it's it's interesting that i I do think that having impactful strikes as finishes has grown in the last few years like it didn't used to be so much of a thing but you kind of see like hidden blade or you know the or jericho's uh the judas effect you know things like that we're seeing more of that style of move being considered like a credible good way to put somebody down for the three now which i think 10 plus years ago you know be like eh. but now i think people respect yeah. strikes a lot more yeah and i that's i don't know there's there's bits and pieces where people say oh it's you know it's they don't know it's a it's a running elbow they're like oh a running clothesline running larry okay for someone your size sure mm. But um, to me, it's like, nah, if I run at you full force with my elbow, I'm going to knock you out. I don't think you're getting up after the three count. And I feel like <laughs> a lot more people you know, have started to notice that like, oh, yeah, like these strikes can actually knock you out in real life mm. as well. Yeah. And I think that's why they started to appreciate that more more than just, you know, the carry slam kind of finishes all that stuff. Like, yeah. I can't do that. I can fly. I can do this with my knees. I can do this with my elbows, whatever I can. But I can't lift people and expect them to not kick out. And the thing is, as well, you can hit anybody with a running elbow, you know. So it's kind of a it's a it's a, a one size fits all kind of finisher, which makes yeah. a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah, exactly. And I think like I have to give props to I guess Daniel Bryan for doing that for the mainstream media with his running running knee, and yeah. that's how Carlo and I. Carlo had the idea of the running elbow and, and that's how it began to be. Amazing. So with this Renegades versus GCW tour, which is coming up, um, which looks absolutely badass. I mean, you've got possibly, dare I say, the most high profile match on the tour. So that's been announced thus far, you know, versus El Hio del Vikingo, who is, you know, very much the, you know, within the zeitgeist at the moment, you know, everybody is talking about Vikingo. How do you how do you approach that one? What's your expectations for that match? Good question. You know, if you were to ask me this question a couple of years ago, I would be super nervous. I would be sweating right now, like through the camera, you could see all the sweat, <laughs> whatever. But it, you know, since you asked me now, I'm like, hey, I know I'm good. I know I can beat him. I know that I'm gonna dance over him when I beat him. <laughs> and yeah, like. I don't want to sound cocky, but I should be the most high-profile match. Mm. I worked hard for it. I came from a country in Malaysia. I came from Malaysia, a country that no one really knows about. And I came out as one of the fastest rising stars in Australian wrestling. And I guess some people also say I'm homegrown Australian now. And, you know, if that's what they want me to be, that's who I am. 
but I'm also not going to shy away from my roots of Malaysia and in Southeast Asia. But, you know, if anyone mentions Australian wrestling, they better say my name to all the wrestlers. You know, I wrestled in the I wrestled for the NWA. I fought Kerry Morton for the uh, light heavyweight championship. I try to fight, you know, the tag team champions for NWA, La Rebellion as well. You know, some, I guess, unsuccessful, but I still wrestled the champions for, you know, for the belt. Mm. And I can't say the same for other Southeast Asian wrestlers. Like, I felt like I'm the blueprint for whatever it is they want to make the rise of Southeast Asian wrestling on. They should do it around me. I'm not just saying that just for the sake of it. I know I'm that good. Mm. Even with Vikingo, everyone knows Vikingo. No, no, a lot of people really know Eman Asman outside of Australia uh, and, and Southeast Asia, but they're going to know my name mm -hmm. soon. You know, ne maybe next time you'll see me, we'll be in television. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> we'll go, we'll take one step at a time, slow and steady. But for sure, that match, I'm going to win it. Oh, Amazing. Man. I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. Um, we're we're butting up on time, so just a couple more questions, if we may, before we let you go. Um, yeah. What's, I mean, you know, you mentioned you wrestled NWA this year. You wrestled New Japan this year, and and you know, it seems like opportunities are coming thick and fast. What is your preferred next step? Like, where would you like to go? Do you, does Japan interest you? Do you want to go to the states? You know, or do you just want to build what you've got? already you know developing in australia and southeast asia like what's your what's your ideal goal like if you if you could just click your fingers and it happened i would want to go to japan okay great yeah like to me it's just like growing up that's always been apart from WWE, AEW. you yeah. know i had new japan in my sights and i i went to i went to the wrestle kingdom wrestle kingdom falls on my birthday january 4th I think that's, you know, I think that's saying something, you know, just me going there on my birthday. And I felt like, you know, one day I'll be there. I'll wrestle there. I'll wrestle with Will Ospreay. I'll wrestle with Robbie Eagles. You know, I hate that guy, but, you know, he's in New Japan and I got to chase up to him so that yeah. I can be better than him. And, you know, just being able to see all these guys, even like New Japan coming down to Australia, doing a show and having me on their show, it just... Man, I guess it's just the start of something, and I really want to end up in Japan under mm. New Japan or any other company. Like I just, I just want to wrestle and be happy and make money and be the best in the world. Perfect. That's what that's what we want to see. And then the the last one, just on Japan, we're big uh, Choco Pro Gatomu fans, and yeah. doing a bit <laughs> of research for this one, spotted that you'd wrestled a match there, which I did not know. Probably. Yes. How did that come about? Can you talk us, talk us about that? Yeah, it's oh, you're the first one that mentioned it. Like I, I can't even find footage of it. You know, honestly. no, I was trying to find the match on YouTube. I yeah, find it. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess, um, Emi Sakura doesn't want that match out. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good. We can't have it out there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, like uh, um, we were going on a Japanese uh, tour. It was with Grapple Max Pro Wrestling, a uh, pro wrestling school slash company in Singapore. And they had the idea of doing a pro wrestling show under their name in Japan. And, you know, like no one in Japan knows quite a lot about Grapple Max. Maybe a couple people, mm. let's say 20 people know. And that was the task that they had to overcome and get a full house at the 
Shinkiba uh, ring venue kind of thing. I forgot mm. the name of the place. And, you know, um, they have very close connections with Michinoku Pro, Dick Togo. Yeah. And we spend two weeks training at their Michinoku camp. Oh, wow. uh, day in and day out, every day, wake up in the morning. Uh, we all stayed in like a student dormitory uh, next to the wrestling uh, wrestling training center, I what guess. Experience, yeah. And it was just like, yeah, it was an experience. It was cold. We felt like we all had to huddle up. It was spider cobwebs, all that stuff. Like during the winter, <laughs> it was just hell. But it felt like it gave us a lot of character to overcome all these struggles and at the end of the training camp, we had uh show, the, the Grapple Max uh, show in Japan, and it went really well. And leading up to that as well, we did, that's how we got with Gato Move. Uh, we spoke with, they spoke with Emi Sakura, and, you know, she was interested in doing the show with them uh, for their show with, you know, with her, with her Choco Pro wrestlers and Ali and Baki with uh, May, etc. Mm. And, they just kind of invited us, hey, do you want to do this show for us? The Chocker Pro show. I think it wasn't called Chocker Pro yet. I think it was just called mm. Gato Move. Right. And it was just, you know, Grapple Max came from a mat based kind of wrestling. So Gato Move was kind of similar, but it was just that Gato Move is actually just mattresses, just mm. mattresses you take off from the bed. Mm. And it was just something different that it was just a closed space with maybe roughly 80 people. Just looking at you, anything you fuck up, or sorry, anything you mess up, like they they're gonna know. Anything that doesn't look good or sharp or or you know, like it hurts, mm. they're gonna know. And I think it was just really a cultural shock to me that wrestling has so many different styles. And I guess if the the match isn't online, maybe I just didn't do a good job at the time. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, in those guys, it's probably more a production thing. But I'll, I'll, I'll ask you uh-huh. next time he's uh-huh. on. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but we'd love to see you back there if there's ever an opportunity. Because yeah. I, th- I imagine you. Oh yes, so it'd well. be a great yeah. fit. Yeah. It was it was very fun doing that, um, and especially the crowd were very supportive, appreciated, uh-huh. and it was just a fun thing to do on the weekend. And I felt like when I was in Japan wrestling, there was shows every day and even in the weekdays. So I just want to make my way over there. It's, it's wonderful just how much wrestling there is out there. The people not work, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should wrap up there. You've been very generous with your time and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Thanks so much um, Thank for you. agreeing to do it. Um, before you go, do you have anything you want to, want to plug? Yeah, you know, just follow me on my socials, dmon underscore asman, you know, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook if you're into that or or if you're old you know jump on the Facebook <laughs> I'm active there but um yeah I'm mostly active on Instagram and also if you're in Australia or if you want to make your plan to come to Australia to watch GCW versus Renegades of Wrestling Melbourne Sydney uh, Brisbane we're there get your tickets because it's selling out quickly quickly oops selling out quickly <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. Thank you. Appreciate you, Emin. Um, look forward to seeing the match, uh, which I, I think is going up on fight as well for it. If you're if if you're international, so you can check it out there. Um, we'll get more details of that for the show notes. But yeah, Emin, thanks so much for your time and best of luck. Yeah, for thanks the for having me. Cheers. Thank you. And we're back, and that was the Golden Tiger, Emin Asman. Mate, I love that one. I absolutely love that one because it's. I I just love learning about 
new wrestling scenes oh, or wrestling massively. scenes that we're not familiar with. And this whole bubble that's starting to brew in Southeast yeah. Asia, you know, there's there's a lot going on. You know, mm. Emma mentioned you know, Grapple Max and MyPW, and of course the setup in Thailand. You know, there's uh, the Singapore Pro Wrestling. There's a couple of promotions in the Philippines now. We were talking off air. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to check out the WrestleMap uh, function. There's a great Twitter account called WrestleMap, and it's got an interactive map where you can hover over and see all the wrestling promotions there. It's really, really cool. And I've been looking into this recently, and there's promotions in Nepal and, you know, places that you never hear about there being wrestling. It's all over the place. So conversations like this are illuminating, and I, I a big part of the reason why we wanted to do the podcast in the first place. Oh, massively, yeah. We're, you know, we're just excited about wrestling from as many corners of the globe as we can get our hands on. You know, it's not necessarily always uh, the, the easiest task, but we, you know, we do our absolute best. Yeah, 100%. And I think with Emon, this is going to be one of those ones like, you know, if earlier earlier in our run, you listen to either the Adam Brooks podcast, uh, if your focus is more on Japanese wrestling, then that one's paid dividends because, of course, Brooks, he's now in the M1, got a sneaky win over Keno in the first round. Somebody Oof. somebody predicted that. I forget who. Um, let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about it. Um, you know, Slexi obviously did the same thing. He was in Noah as well. So... It's it's a case of buying into folks that are, you know getting on at the ground floor, and I think mm. for me that's that's what I like doing, not just in wrestling but in music and things like that as well. Oh, you sure. know, I love tracking uh, you know an artist throughout the stage of their career, and in many ways, once they get to the top, that's the point where I kind of just I let them go because I'm busy trying to find the next yeah. person. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm focused on the next, and uh, you know, Emin, Emin is very much in that category. So yeah, great to have a chance to speak to him here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very, you know, very glad we finally got to have that conversation. And you know, I think there's definitely going to be more from uh, Australia in the coming weeks and months. Indeed, absolutely. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled on the feed. Right, we should wrap this thing up. Um, let us know what you thought of the episode. We'd love to hear your opinions. We're on the socials, Twitter, Instagram. It's at Wrestling Pod. That's Wrestling about the E wrestlingpod at gmail.com where you can send us a good old-fashioned email and wrestlingpod.com again wrestling about the e has got all your links for the podcast platforms where you can leave a review or a rating which would be greatly appreciated and also we can find both mine and gareth's individual twitter so you can come and hang out with us on a personal basis as well yeah absolutely the other thing you can find at wrestlingpod.com is the links to both our patreon and ko-fi accounts so you know if you've got a little extra money jingling around in your pocket and you'd like to throw a little bit of it our way that's where you can do so so ko-fi's great if you just want to give a one-off payment patreon if you want to give a monthly recurring payment there's also some some rewards depending on what level you kick in at on patreon go over there have a little look you can join us in our patreon backers uh discord channel you can you know get potentially get an article written by liam you can you know can choose what we talk about on the podcast at the highest level even so yeah there's lots of great ways you can support the podcast help keep the lights on pay for translation services pay for web hosting all that good stuff that you know costs when making a podcast you know we would be eternally grateful and a big shout goes out to one of our backers steve thanks so much for sticking with us buddy absolutely there is actually a button now on our twitter um on the main page where you can just hit that and go straight to the patreon as well which is pretty neat i should say as well that one of the things that we're looking to do 
over the next couple of weeks, actually. And the, you know, this man is about to have a very busy couple of weeks, so we've got to get it in quickly. Um, but we're looking at uh, covering some of our favorite historic shows as part of our Patreon offering. And the one that we're going to kick off with, Gareth, is the first ever Pro Wrestling Noah show. We're yes. really, really looking forward to going back and reviewing that and uh, and talking about it. So if you want that sort of content, Patreon is the place to be. Absolutely. All right, friends. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, have a wonderful week. We'll see you in the next couple of days. In the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the grabs. Thank you.